There's no better news than that today, that God's love never fails us, never gives up on us. If you're like me, I would have given up on me a while ago. (laughs) Maybe you would have given up on me a while ago too, but uh, we would have given up on ourselves a long time ago, but God's love never gives up on us. Turn to somebody close to you and say, you're loved today. You're loved today. It's okay to say mushy stuff like that in church. Take your Bible and go to the book of Ephesians today, to our key scripture, Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll just lay your Bible open at that place, and as often I do, we'll get there, we'll get there to that particular passage today, Ephesians 4 right after Galatians and before Philippians, Ephesians 4. She probably doesn't remember the day, and she probably won't remember the words that were said to me. The woman I'm speaking of today is in heaven. But I remember the room I was standing in, and even the pattern on the carpet that was on the floor the day the words that she said were spoken to me. I was about 21 years of age, and I had just finished bringing a message to a large ladies' group event for Mother's Day. You see, to this point in my life, I had sang in front of a lot of people, but I had never spoke to this many people before. I still held the nervousness in my stomach and the clamminess in my hands, even though the message was over. It was then that this lady came to me and spoke words that I remember to this day. She said this, Cindy, the Lord has his hand on your life, and he will speak through you to teach and bless others. Keep following Jesus. If you knew my age today, you would know that that was a long time ago. There was something great about her words. They were spoken right from her heart, yes, and she meant the words that she spoke, yes. She wanted me to be lifted up by her words, and I was. But these words had a heavenly connection. These words had in them the Spirit of God. He energized these words, and they went into my spirit. And they remain with me to this day. On that day, my friend, I was encouraged. And today, to hear those words again, I'm encouraged. As we continue to look at the grace of God, we've been talking about His saving grace, We've been talking about His grace encouraging us to love and to love one another deeply and from the heart and to love each other in such a way that we cover the sin, the multitudes of sins in others. We've been talking about the faithfulness of grace and that grace urges us, moves us on to be faithful followers of Christ. Today we're going to talk about how that grace, God's grace, on this other side of grace, we are encouraged 
to be encouragers, to be people of encouragement. Encouragement has power, does it not? How many of you have ever been encouraged? How many of you could stand some encouragement today? Is there ever a time when you've had enough encouragement? Oh, please, don't, don't give me any. I, I, I've had my quota. Encouragement is something that we always have need of. Encouragement has power in it. Encouragement is a work of God as He uses us to speak words to people. Words that we might think are pretty common words or words that we might think are pretty ordinary words. But if God is using you to encourage those words, they have supernatural power. There's a man in the New Testament, his name was Barnabas, and he was an early New Testament follower of Jesus. He was an example of an encouragement. In fact, he was such an encourager that he got a nickname, and his nickname was Son of Encouragement. That's a great nickname. I have had a few nicknames in my day when I was younger. I'm sure you have too, and most nicknames are not good ones. But this is a good one. Wouldn't it be great to be known as an encourager? A son, a daughter of encouragement. In Acts 11, he's described like this. News of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem, the news that the Gentile believers were also accepted in Christ. They had sent Barnabas to Antioch, and when he arrived... And saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. And I wonder how many of those people were brought to the Lord because of Barnabas' encouragement. What does it mean? to be an encouragement, to encourage someone. It's not just nice words. Oh, you look really nice today. Good hair day, huh? Like your outfit, sharp car that you drive. Not the surfacey things, not the nice words, the niceties, but encouragement goes deeper. Encouragement goes to the core of the heart, to the spirit. Of an individual. There are some pictures that help us understand what real encouragement is and what the depth of encouragement is. To be encouraged means to have one's heart return. The opposite of discouragement, when someone's heart has been pressed down, has been made low, has been made, lot, made um, empty of hope, discouraged, a discouraged heart. Encouragement is when something that's said or done takes the heart of another person and it causes, us, causes it to return, to be encouraged. Another picture of encouragement. It's a recovery of happiness after a time of anxiety or trouble. To be encouraged is to be able to be brought back to a place of joy, a place of happiness after life has pressed you 
or troubled you. Here's another picture that helps us understand encouragement. To be encouraged is, is like strengthening paralyzed knees. Most of you have maybe greeted or seen Jean Kyle this morning. And she's, she took a tumble. And it affected her leg. She had a fracture in her leg. If I were able to, and I won't do this this morning because it's kind of a precarious thing here that she's in this wheelchair. But if I were to come on the side of Jean where that leg had been fractured and I offered her to have her put her arm around my shoulder and I stood beside her to lift her up, that's a great picture for us of what it means to encourage Something in someone else is troubled, is low, and we come with our presence and our words, and we come underneath the weak place, and we lift up. We strengthen the paralyzed place, the place that doesn't function, the place that's that's struggling. The Greek word for encouragement is connected to the word paraclete in the Greek. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another, and we know it as comforter. But really the word there is paraclete, and paraclete is the one who comes alongside to aid the other. When Jesus left the earth, he prayed to the Father and asked the Father to give His followers, another him, another comforter. And we know that that person is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's main ministry to us is to come alongside of us and to aid us, to hold us, to walk with us, to strengthen us. And we get the word encouragement from this word paraclete, to lift up. From the place of grace, on the other side of grace, let me tell you today, your calling is encouragement. Your calling is encouragement. We look oftentimes as believers, oh God, what is my calling? What what is my gift? What am I to be doing for you in the kingdom? Where am I to be going? What am I to be saying? How am I to be serving? Let me clue you in today that no matter what your avenue of service is, your calling is encouragement. Your calling is encouragement. Hebrews 3.13 says it like this, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness, How does sin's deceitfulness not take root in one another's heart? One of the ways is by the encouragement of the brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to encourage. And notice the writer there says how often? Every day. It's a daily thing to be an encourager. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 and 14 Paul says these words, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. The Thessalonians, they had a good reputation for encouraging, and Paul wanted to see them to continue on. If you're an encourager today, 
and many of you are. I encourage you today to encourage. I instruct you today, I admonish you today to be an ambassador of encouragement. Let encouragement supersede anything else that comes out of your life. In verse 14, he goes on and he says, And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Encourage. It's your calling. I want to tell you this morning, you are free out of God's grace to encourage. Why? Because the judgment of others belongs to God. Let's just start there. You are free to encourage the person that you are tempted to criticize because their destiny is up to God and his judgment, not yours. That's a hard one. Because we, in our knowledge of the word, we, in our spirituality, we, in our 2020 vision, we see how people are and we see how people should be. And we take it upon ourselves to take on the ministry of criticism. Because after all, they need enlightened and they need told. And if I could just enlighten them and tell them, it would correct them. So we take that on thinking that we're God's messenger. God needs us to do the correction around us. To correct our husband, to correct our wife, to correct our children, to correct our brother or sister in Christ. Because after all, if they don't get corrected, who will? Who will make them shape up? Who will make them get on the right path? The judgment of others belongs to God. In James 4.12 it says, There is only one lawgiver and one judge. The one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? My friend, it's God's place to judge. It's our place to encourage, to see the best. To lift up, to walk alongside of, to bear the burden of, to care for, to encourage. So you're free to encourage today because the judgment is God's. He's the judge. I like this one. You're free to encourage because encouraging others gets your mind off of yourself. Encouraging someone else, making someone else your focus, get your attention off yourself. It's easy for all of us to look at ourselves, to pay attention to ourselves. How are we feeling? What are we doing? What's the priority of our life? What is our life about? What is our schedule about? What are our needs? And are our needs getting met? It's so easy. We're all this way. It's the human condition. We all want to look at us. We all want to take care of us. But when we take the calling of encouragement, it's no longer about us. It's about someone else. 
and it takes the attention off of us. It would really do good for all of us to get our attention off ourselves. We're not all that great anyway. Paul says in Philippians 2, Do nothing out of vain ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than you. Look at the person next to you and say, You're better than me. You're better than me. You're better than me. You're better than me. Easy to say. Let's just wait about five seconds and let that sink in a minute. You are better than me. In humility, my role is to care for what is important to you over what's important to me. That's an active part of being an encouragement to someone else. I love Matthew 6 in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And I know what you're thinking. Where's Ephesians 4? I told you we're going to make it there. Jesus has some great words to give to his followers on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. I'm just going to refer to a couple things because really he's talking about encouragement here. And he's saying, in essence, true encouragement is a secret goodness. True encouragement, the best kind, the purest, the, pure, the, the, the kind that comes from the pure place in your heart is oftentimes secret. I tried to do something this week for someone secretly until the delivery man never made the delivery. I don't know if you've ever tried to do that. I know some of you actively give me things to give to someone else. Hey, could you hand this to this person? I know they're struggling or they're out of work or something hard's going on in their life. I don't want them to know it's from me, so let me give this to you and don't tell them who it's from. Just bless them with it. And so I love to do that because I get to see their face and hear their gratitude. It's not for me. It's for someone else. But but uh, I tried to do something like that this week and came to find out after about three or four days the delivery hadn't happened. So it kind of blows the secret nature of what you're trying to do, right? But really in Matthew 6, at the very beginning of that chapter, Jesus is talking about this, this encouragement, this giving, and how it's done best. He says when you give to the needy, don't announce it with trumpets, he says. Why? The hypocrites do that. The hypocrites do that in the synagogues and on the streets. Why? Because they want to be honored. Look at me. I did this great thing. But when you give, when you encourage, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What's Jesus saying there? Just make it part of your life that you can't hardly keep up with what, what you're saying and what you're doing to encourage someone else. Encouragement and giving shouldn't be I gave, ooh, I gave last Friday. It's the first time I did all year. Was, isn't it a wonderful thing? I gave this awesome, awesome gift. And they were blessed. And it helped them. Whoa. 
Jesus is saying left, right, left, right. You, 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 you. And we keep giving and encouraging and helping and lifting up. We don't even know. The right hand and the left hand don't even know what one another's doing because it's such a, it's such a part of our life, such a part of our encouragement. Why are we free to encourage? We're free because as living as a son and a daughter of encouragement, it takes your life to a bigger place. Takes your life to a bigger place. You see, most people live small. How do I know? Well, they use small words like this. I can't. I won't. That will never happen. She will never do any better. He will never get out of that place. This situation will never change. Small, 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 small. Little, 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 little. Those are words of smallness. Showing that we're just confined. That things are limited. That things are negative. That things are going down. The ship's on its way under. Things are never going to change. It's been like this for 20 years. It's hopeless. That's small. Encouragement is big. Encouragement and living in a lifestyle of encouragement takes us to bigger places, bigger venues, possibilities, faith, places that we've never been. People that we've never met. Encouragement will lift us to a bigger place. Giving words of encouragement takes your life to this bigger place. A place of faith, a place of hope, a place of expectancy. My friend, that's where God is. God is not small. God is not in a box. God is not purely defined by man's definition. God isn't little. God is big. So we have to leave our littleness to get to his bigness. And one avenue to that place, my friend, is encouragement. Encouragement. Finally, living as a son or daughter of encouragement is where God's words and power will speak through you. When I was 21, that happened in that uh, situation or story that I told you, but there's been many, 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 many other times where someone's words empowered by God's power and strength and truth married each other. And they spoke into my life in such a way that I knew that it was more than just their good intention and their good words. God had something to do with that. God had joined his truth and his spirit to their words. And God had done something. Encouragement is the place where God works. God never works in criticism. God never works in judgment. God never works in those places. So if you think criticism and judgment is going to get you to a better place, I'd like you to set aside that thought today. Because it never will. Only encouragement, only lifting up, only blessing, only giving, only extending yourself. That is the arena where God steps in and he says, I'm going to join you right there. I love this. 
I love encouragement. I love giving. I love blessing. I love helping. I love coming alongside. In fact, that's what my Holy Spirit does every single day in the lives of believers. I'm all about that. So if you're all about that, we can make a great team. And so when the Holy Spirit and you make a great team together, encouragement touches the heart. Encouragement reaches into the spirit. It takes it on a deeper meaning and it goes to a deeper place. Ephesians 4, do you remember that passage? I'm here. Ephesians 4, this is, this is the core today. The word encouragement's never mentioned here. Well, then why are you bringing us to Ephesians 4? Because Ephesians 4 is all about what encouragement looks like without saying the word. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Ooh. That's the don't. The criticism, the judging, the negative, the what's not, the what will never be. Don't let that unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, he says, comma, here we go, but only what is helpful to building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. That's encouragement. What is helpful to building up others' needs, that should be the course of our tongue. That should be what comes out of our mouth. What will build up someone according to what they need? Sometimes we know what that is and sometimes we don't. But our words should be turned to building up according to what others need, that it can benefit those. To listen. I always thought it was interesting as we read on in verse 29 and into 30 there. Paul says right at the end of this passage, And do not grieve the Spirit of God. Isn't that an unusual place to carve out that sentence and drop it in? Isn't, isn't Paul talking about the way we should be talking and the things that we should be saying and the things that we shouldn't be saying because if you go on to verse 31 and 32, if your eyes go down that far on your page, you can see, he says, and don't talk like this. Rage and anger and malice, and he makes a whole list there. Don't let your words be about that. And he already said, this is what your words should be about. And then in the middle, he pops down this verse, this sentence, and it says, and do not grieve the Spirit of of God. What's he trying to say? It's our words that grieve the Spirit of God. It's the things that come out of our mouth, the unwholesomeness that comes out of our mouths that grieve the Spirit of God. But we can also bless the Spirit of God by building others up according to their needs so that it will benefit them. How do we bless the Spirit of God? With our words with the encouragement that comes from our words. And in doing so, we will be a blessing to God rather than a grievance to Him. So as we close this morning about encouragement, I just want to remind you, it's your calling. It's your calling. 
to be an encourager. Let me remind you, encouragement has power. Encouragement has more power than we give it credit for. We think criticism has power. Why? Because we use it all the time. (laughs) We go to what we think works, right? So a little criticism will, will help. A little correction, a little... A little beating down. If we beat them down, somehow they'll raise back up. How about if we come beside them and lift them up? Then will they be lifted up? Oh, my friend, they'll be lifted up. So today, you're calling for Sunday, September 29th. Whether you're a teacher, a worship leader, you have the gift of mercy... You have the gift of knowledge. Whatever your gift mix is today, your calling today is encouragement. Your calling is encouragement. How can I encourage? Let me just give you some tips today. I'm a teacher, so I'm going to send you home with something. Tim, this will make you happy, I know. I'm going to give you something to take home with you today. Because as you leave this place, you'll have opportunities to encourage. How can I encourage? Through your words. Check your tongue. Check the things that you say to the people closest to you. Is this encouraging? Good question to ask. Before you even set your mouth in motion. And I know for some, setting that in motion isn't difficult at all. Before you set your mouth in motion, ask yourself, this encouraging will this build them up will this benefit them will this bless them or not with your words will this be something that if i say it the holy spirit can partner with me in it because it'll build them up and that will bless them so your words Service is also an encouragement. In fact, Paul says it here, something that will build them up according to their need. Not what you need. I need this, so this is why I'm doing it. No, 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 no. They need this. You've heard of the book, The Five Love Languages, especially those who are married in this place. Each one of us have a love language a way that we feel and experience love the most. There's five different ways, and many of us have just one of those ways. So it's important to discover what does the person who needs encouragement need. Do they need a word? Do they need me to do something for them? Do they need me to take a certain responsibility off of them? What do they need for me to do? Serve them according to their need. And then here's a way to encourage a random act, a random act of encouragement, maybe for a stranger. I was sitting in the Chick-fil-A line the other day, and uh, we were lined up. I was getting my uh, fast food to go, and I was sitting there in line, and I thought, I'm going to pay for the person behind me. And I know some of you listen to the fish and people are doing that and they're calling in going, guess what I did? Or I was blessed by the person who did this. And so it wasn't 
Lest you think it was a great, unique idea of my own, it wasn't. Heard it on the fish. But it was a good idea. It's a great idea because it breaks the routine in my mind of me and mine. Where am I going? What am I doing? How important am I? How important is my schedule? How important is the things that are on my mind? Me, 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 me. And I interrupted that thought, thanks to the fish, and I thought, what about this person behind me? How could I bless them? I could bless them because they're in line for the same reason I am, and they're getting some food. I'll pay for it. So I pull up to the line, you know, and the lady hands me my stuff and tells me my total, and I say, I would like to pay for the person behind me. You know, and human nature looks in the rearview mirror and goes, I wonder how many people are in that vehicle. (laughs) Ching, 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 ching. And I looked, you know, I saw one head in the driver's seat, you know. Oh, good, this this won't be expensive. Then I saw a couple heads pop up. Little people heads. Ah, children's meals are not too expensive. It doesn't really matter. So I turned to her in the window and I said, I'd like to pay for the vehicle behind you. She goes, you would. So I would. Well, that's a wonderful thing for you to do. And so she told me their total and I paid for that and I just moved on. And they moved on and went on their way. Random act. Will I ever know these people? Probably not. Will they ever know who I am? Well, you know, what good is that? You'll never, you'll never have a relationship with them. Who cares? I'm not there to have a relationship with them. I'm just doing a random act of kindness. Think about it this week. That doesn't mean go to the Chick-fil-A and... Our pastor gave us this idea, so here, you know. If you need to do that, fine. That's, that's all right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. The, the peanut gallery over here. Well, maybe you should get behind them. Yeah. I can tell you need about 30 more, more minutes of preaching, so I'm going <laughs> to... But just a random act of kindness. You, you just might blow somebody completely away. A perfect stranger. So where do you begin today? This is where we begin. It first begins with a sincere prayer. Lord... I give my life over to be an encouragement. I give my life over to be an encouragement. I want to live big and not so little for you and for others and not myself to use my words to build up and to not tear down to serve others according to what they have need of. Lord, here I am. I just give myself. I want to be an encourager. I want to fulfill the calling on my life to be an encourager. That's the first step. Present yourself. Second step is, who am I to encourage, Lord? Show me. Who needs built up? Who needs strengthened? Who needs a word? Who needs a deed? Who needs paid for in the Chick-fil-A line? Who, Lord? Who is it that I can encourage? And third, how? How should I do it? How should I do it? You see, by God's grace, we have freely received, right? 
And the admonition in that verse is those who freely received, what do we do? Freely give it. Give it. Give it. Give it. It'll open up your life. Encouragement and giving will open up your life and take your life in directions and places that you couldn't take it closed and little. God will partner with you and make your life big if you'll be willing to be an encourager. So we're not going to bow our heads and pray now at this point. But I'd like you to just think about your own desire to be an encourager. If you'd say, Pastor Cindy, I want to be an encourager. And I want to acknowledge that by standing this morning so that we can pray that God will use our lives this week to be a daily, Hebrews 3.13, a daily encouragement. If that's your desire, would you stand with me this morning? I want to be an encourager. I know. How can you sit, right? Well, you don't want to be an encourager? What are you sitting down for? And Jean puts her hand up. Bless her hand. Will you, as I lead in prayer, just give yourself to the Lord today to be an encouragement? Father, you are the greatest encourager. And you have given your encouragement to us freely, your grace. Lord, we stand here this morning because we say to you, we want to be a daily encouragement to someone that you lead us to, that you give to us. Lord, help us to see need. Help us to do what will benefit someone else every day. Lord, we thank you. I pray, Lord that you will just activate this body this week, these two weeks that are coming, Lord, to just daily look for opportunities to encourage. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you sit down, please? On the aisle. For those of you that are sitting on the center aisle, in front of you, before you reach for it, is a styrofoam cup. You see it? Okay, don't reach for you. I wanted to put something in your hand today that you could take home with you because sometimes, I know it seldom happens here, you forget the message. What message? I know. This, this group right here, you have to stay after class, all of you right here in this section. Even Tim and Dana who are normally acting good. Bad company corrupts good manners. That's a verse in the Bible. We have the re- rebel. My next 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 week we're preaching on rebellion. So, <laughs> but I want to send you away this morning with something that you can keep with you for the next two weeks. And the reason I say two is because we're going to be having a global impact week for the next two Sundays. In the styrofoam cup this morning are just some stones. Small red stones, okay? Gentlemen, it's going to be easiest for you because you have pockets. You have pants pockets and shirt pockets often. This would be a good thing to keep with you in a pocket every day. Keep it with your change or your phone, the things that you load into your pockets every day so that when you look at the stone, you think, 
encouraged. When I look at this, it reminds me, I need to encourage today. I don't know about you. I can use the reminder. Right? Right. Ladies, it might be a little bit more difficult for you. Maybe you want to keep it in your wallet because you're in there getting your, your cards and your money on a regular basis. Maybe you have another place that you can carry this little red stone with you every day in a place where you're going to see it, okay? Not home on your dresser and you go to work and then forget it. But somewhere where you can see it, where you can grab onto it at some point in the day and go, oh, I'm an encourager. I'm called to be an encourager today. Who can I encourage? And so those of you that are seated on the middle aisle, if you'll take that styrofoam cup, grab yourself a stone and pass it on down. There should be enough for everybody in your row. Take your stone. Yeah, there's one here. Here, let me grab it. for. Let me encourage you by grabbing that. There we go. Everybody who wanted one, have you gotten it? Little red stone. For the next two weeks, I encourage you daily to encourage. I exhort you, encourage somebody every day. And watch your life open up and get bigger. And get bigger. Let's stand.